I have found out big news in depth for you. Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to Outbeat News in Depth. I'm Greg Moralia. Well, tonight is our last show of 2013, and we're celebrating the holiday season and the end of a truly amazing year for the LGBT community. We'll begin tonight by introducing you to a new group that's formed in Napa County with the hopes of bringing together the LGBT communities in both Napa and Solano County. And on tonight's Outbeat Youth segment, you'll meet Jermel Elliott, who's a student at the Napa Valley College Cooking School. We'll have all of this along with some holiday music from some local talent coming up next, right after your Outbeat Radio News for this Sunday, December 22nd, 2013. I have found Outbeat Radio News, your source for LGBT news from the North Bay and beyond. Ugandan lawmakers on Friday passed an anti-gay law that punishes aggravated homosexuality with life imprisonment. The bill drew wide condemnation when it was first introduced in 2010 and included the death penalty, but that clause was removed from the revised version passed by Parliament on Friday. The bill was introduced to Parliament by lawmakers who argued that the law needed to deter Western homosexuals he accused of recruiting Ugandan children. Homosexuality was already illegal in Uganda under a colonial-era law that criminalized sexual acts against the order of nature. But the Ugandan lawmaker who wrote the new law argued that tough new legislation was needed because homosexuals from the West threatened to destroy Ugandan families and were allegedly recruiting Ugandan children into gay lifestyles. Ugandan gays disputed this account, saying that the Ugandan political and religious leaders had come under the influence of American evangelicals who wanted to spread their anti-gay campaign in Africa. Ugandan gays singled out Scott Lively, a Massachusetts evangelical, and sued him in March 2012 under the Alien Tort Statute that allows non-citizens to file suit in the U.S. if there is an illegal violation of international law. And here in the U.S., in a landmark decision, the New Mexico Supreme Court declared that marriage rights must be extended to same-sex couples throughout the state. The state's highest court unanimously ruled that denying committed same-sex couples the right to marry violated the Equal Protection Clause of the New Mexico Constitution. The ruling read, quote, We hold that the state of New Mexico is constitutionally required to allow same-gender couples to marry and must extend them the rights, protections, and responsibilities that derive from civil marriages under New Mexico law. The unanimous decision orders all county clerks in the state to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples and also confirms the legal validity of the unions of same-sex couples who married in New Mexico prior to this week's decision. And then on Friday this week, Judge Robert Shelby issued a 53-page ruling saying Utah's law passed by voters in 2004 banning same-sex marriage violates gay and lesbian couples' rights to due process and equal protection under the 14th Amendment. Judge Shelby said that the state failed to show that allowing same-sex marriages would affect opposite-sex marriages in any way. The judge said, in the absence of such evidence, the state's unsupported fears and speculations are insufficient to justify the state's refusal to dignify the family relationships of its gay and lesbian citizens. Utah's state attorney general said he will seek a stay on the order so that he can appeal the decision. But just hours after the ruling was issued, a county clerk's office in Utah began issuing licenses to same-sex couples. 
Salt Lake City residents Michael Adam Ferguson and J. Seth Anderson tweeted Friday afternoon that they had just received their marriage license and declared themselves husbands. Utah, New Mexico joined Illinois, Hawaii, New Jersey, California, Minnesota, Delaware, and Rhode Island, where marriage equality all became a reality in 2013. And finally, from Washington State, students of Eastside Catholic High School are rallying to protest their gay vice principal's forced resignation. Hundreds skipped class to stage a sit-in this last Thursday after school officials, following an order from the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Seattle, told Vice Principal Mark Zamuda to resign. In a letter sent to parents and students, school officials said that Zamuda had violated the contract by marrying his partner Dana Jurgens last summer, several months after the state had enacted marriage equality. The letter read, Mark's same-sex marriage over the summer violated his employment contract with the school. As a Catholic school, Eastside Catholic abides by the official teachings of the Catholic Church, and as such, the decision to discontinue his employment was determined by the Church. In an emotional address to students and staff, Zamuda talked about his resignation and wished his charges a bright future in their own careers and relationships. He said, I love each and every one of you. Yes, I am gay, and yes, I did get married last summer, and I know it is against Catholic teaching. I hope no matter what happens to me and to the school that all of you guys will seek a career and work very hard, find love in your life, and hopefully one day get married as well. A statement appearing on a petition on change.org read, quote, The student body is outraged that an incredible administrator, coach, and human being was fired solely because of his love and marriage for another human being. It is time to revisit the policy and act as Jesus would have, loving and supporting every person, regardless of their marital status. If you have news or an event you'd like to share with our listeners, be sure to tell us about it by going to our website at OutBeatNews.com and follow us all week long on Facebook and Twitter for the latest LGBT news and information from here in the North Bay and beyond. For a complete calendar of LGBT events happening here in the North Bay, visit GaySonoma.com. For Gary Carnavelli, I'm Greg Moralia. I have found Outbeat Radio News, your source for LGBT news from the North Bay and beyond. Oh, the weather may seem delightful, but to me it's all so frightful. As I sit in traffic on the northbound five today Oh, and my thoughts begin to linger To a tune by that old singer Dreaming of a snowy white holiday Well, it's a drag to say the least But I long to be back east With a hustle and bustle feel streets I didn't have the nerve to tell her but my heart's at Rockefeller with a cup of hot cocoa and ice skates on my feet cause it just don't feel like Christmas when it's 82 degrees outside no it just don't feel like Christmas when the ocean's on the other side just don't feel like Christmas with a palm tree sway. I really hate 
to say it, but I don't like Christmas in L.A. I wasn't feeling very merry when that shirtless Santa scared me in Bermuda shorts and all covered in tattoos. I had to turn the air conditioning higher so we could snuggle by the fire. And I trimmed my Christmas tree in my bathing suit Cause it just don't feel like Christmas When it's 82 degrees outside No, it just don't feel like Christmas When they put fake snow on the Hollywood sign No, it just don't feel like Christmas Watching the palm trees sway I really hate to say it I don't like Christmas in L.A. It just don't feel like Christmas Unless it's 28 degrees outside No, it just don't feel like Christmas Unless you've got snow days to make up in July It just don't feel like Christmas Unless you're dreaming of a sunny place Now that I think about it, you know I really could live without all the snow I think I've got a brand new plan I'll stay out west and work on my tan Christmas in L.A. And that was singer-songwriter Randy Driscoll with her original carol, Christmas in L.A. You can learn more about Randy's music at randydriscoll.com. Well, our first group of guests tonight are from Solano County and have formed a brand-new LGBT group in hopes of bringing together Napa and Solano County together. And joining us now is Craig Scott, Judith Lerner, Andy Pembroke, and David Crumrine. Welcome to you all. Thanks. Thank you. Well, uh, Craig, let's start out with you. Tell us about this group and how it came together and and what you're calling it. Um, Okay. Uh, Well, the group started just about a little over a month ago, and it's called the Bayard Rustin LGBT Political Club. And it's we're in Solano and Napa counties, and it's primarily a political club. And what we're probably going to be doing is working to get policies for LGBT people because there aren't any uh, programs targeting LGBT people in either Solano or Napa County. And we're also going to be working to uh, elect officials that are friendly and or out LGBT mm-hmm. officials in the counties. And we're just getting started. There's a lot of uh, groundwork stuff we're doing and building membership and, you know, finding meeting spaces and stuff like that. But we've had a really great response. Uh, 
and we're just looking to grow and become more influential. Now, you've, you've chosen a real icon to name the club after. Talk about how you chose that particular name, uh, a very famous person in history, but not one that's in too many history books. Right. Um, Bayard Rustin was an organizer for Martin Luther King Jr., and he was um, out and gay, and but he's kind of been um, almost erased from history because he's such a, being a gay African-American organizer at the time was just not really acceptable in the 60s and 70s. Right. And the club, somebody suggested it. I think it was Judith, if I'm not mistaken. She suggested it at the first meeting. The club latched onto it, wholly embraced it, and there was just a lot of enthusiasm for naming the club after Bayard Rustin, and it was voted on without any... Nobody voted against that name. It was unanimous. Now, you were telling me earlier that you had about 70 people show up to the first meeting? Right, about 70 people. Terrific, terrific. So for the rest of you, uh, Judith, let's start with you. How did you get involved? What motivated you to get involved in a, in a political action group? Well, I've been involved in, in a group called Better Vallejo, which is a, a LGBT um, community group, but it's not political, per se, nonpartisan. And I think Vallejo really needs a, a more political group. Um, there's a need for that. I'm, all, I'm a school teacher. I work in uh, middle school now, but I used to be in a high school, Hogan High School. And um, I've been involved in the anti-bullying program that we've had to put together because um, the Vallejo School District got sued um, for um, discrimination against a transgender youth, mm-hmm. not just by students but by staff. And there have been other things going on in Vallejo. The, this, um, you know, this issue that the city has not been very welcoming to LGBT people, um, and so I think it's really time for a political group to rise up and and um, get involved and get people involved in the city and in the greater area. Great, Andy. How about you? Uh, well, what initially got me involved with the group um, this. Uh, I believe he started uh, sponsoring it just after our last election in Vallejo. And we really only had about uh, 8 to 10% turnout in participants amongst people voting for candidates. And to me, knowing that there's nine candidates on the slate, that means there's really only um, maybe 2 or 3% of supporters for one particular candidate. And uh, when you talk about the health of democracy in a small area like Vallejo, having a substantial amount of people actually supporting the candidate, let's aim for one in five rather than one in ten, um, that's what really got me fired up in the in the first week. So um, more voter turnout and voter drives is right. kind of my focus there. Right. David, how about you? Well, I've been involved with uh, Judith, uh, and, and we both are founding members from of Better Vallejo and, and have tried to make a difference in the community, uh, as specifically for LGBT um, uh, persons in the community. Um, and there are some things that we've found that we can do that um, to organize and bring the community together around uh, around projects and around uh, things that we'd like to have done. But there's also um, a requirement. It, it, it really seems like there's a really need for um, LGBT political um Movement, because when we look at the candidates who've run for office, the the way that services are allocated, and the way 
that LGBT persons are um, included or excluded from mm -hmm. from the processes. It's really been uh, important for us, I think, and for me personally, to find ways to to get people more involved with their city government and with their uh, leaders and with their organizations. And and so, um, you know, it really seems like political <coughs> pressure and political movement is the way to get that happen, uh, make that happen. Right. Uh, well, you've talked a lot about Vallejo, and I know this group is is about Napa and Solano County, but, but let's talk about Vallejo for a second. We covered a story here on Outbeat News uh, a couple weeks ago about the Human Rights Campaign and their Municipal Equality Index. And uh, we were talking before we went on the air about Vallejo apparently improved this year, even though their score this year was a 66, but that's up from 52. Uh, David, what, what about that? So um, la last year was the first year that the Municipal Equality Index was, was um, published, and we were the second lowest um, city uh, in those that they, they evaluated uh, within the state and the lowest within the Bay Area. And as a 52, um, you know, it was pretty disheartening. Um, we did improve uh, this time, um, but every year that they do that is a different methodology. So there's different questions that are asked. Mm -hmm. It evolves. They, they bring in other uh, cities as well. So we improved, but it may or may not there, – there's not really anything specifically that you can point to that says that this is why this is a, a better score this year. And it still uh, remains one of the lower uh, scores within the state and, and certainly the lowest in the Bay Area. Um, so, you know, we, we're looking at ways that we can influence that and um, working with the city, our, our – uh, Judith and I, the group that we've been involved with, Better Vallejo, um, met with some of the city leaders to try and um, uh, make sure that people understood how important that is and, and what the impact of that is. But, um, you know, we've talked with people in uh, other cities within Solano County. We've talked with people within uh, cities and, and, and areas in Napa County. And we're seeing sort of similar stories, you know. So it's it's Vallejo may be the only one right now that's being evaluated, but the 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 same type of stories are being mm -hmm. are being told uh to us from all over both both counties. Mm -hmm. Judith, are the schools somehow involved in this measurement at all? Well, um in the municipal equality index, we um in California get full credit for for the things that are measured because the state law is such that the schools are required to do the minimal um, and even if they weren't we Vallejo schools um, do what we have to do because of the lawsuit mm -hmm. so we were required to do that as part of the settlement um, of this lawsuit we train teachers you know all the staff in the schools have training all the students in the schools have training, and that lawsuit was to last for five years. The lawsuit's almost up, but then there's the Fair um, Fair Education Act, which is that um, historical um, contributions of LGBT right. people need to be included. So that's coming up, um, and we'll see how the school do, does on that. Um, you know, one of the problems is that Vallejo School District is financially um, not very well, you know, not 
we don't have the funding to do a lot of things. So, for instance, mm-hmm. we don't adopt textbooks very often. So it's going to be a big challenge to include, um, you know, those contributions without having new textbooks for quite a while. Right. So it's hard to do. I know there are a lot of people who work in the schools who are very behind this. Um, you know, I, I work with some really very good people who are very motivated to get this done, but it will be a challenge, that's for sure. Sure. So, Craig, talk about how you're planning to bring the two counties together. There aren't really any other organizations out there right now. Right. Currently, right? There aren't any organizations that straddle both counties, but um, the Bayard Rustin LGBT Political Club has really been as successful as it has been so far because there are other organizations that exist. Like Better Vallejo has been mentioned. That's certainly one, but um, the Gay Vallejo Network is also another organization. Solano Pride, Unity League, LGBT Connection in Napa, and also some meetup groups that we find. And we've We've worked with all of these groups, and we're trying to bring them together. And people from these groups are coming to meetings, and they are getting involved. And so these groups, which are primarily um, social and nonprofits, their their realm of work was outside of the political sphere. But the support that they've given to this organization has been really, really wonderful, and they're making connections that didn't exist before, and it's um, we're finding, you know, like David said, there are similar stories. Like, for example, putting up a pride flag should not be a big deal in my mind, but Vallejo has had an issue with it, and Napa has had an issue with it. The, the details of that issue are different, but a pride flag going up in, in, on city property in June is just... Right. Should not be a, a problem. Well, there was drama both in Napa and ca- the city of Calistoga. Right, you know? right, and so the, these are. I mean, this is a little tiny thing that you know we should that should be up sure. everywhere, as far sure. as I'm concerned. And of course, part of that is getting the right folks elected into public office. Uh, I know Vallejo has had some out folks on their city council uh, before. Uh, what's the situation now, and what role do you all hope to play in getting folks elected into public office? David, you want to start out with that one? Sure. I think, um, you know, we have had, uh, we've had two city council persons. Uh, we've also had one of those uh, be a candidate for mayor. Um, in this last election, you know, what we were looking at was uh, – a alternatives between people who were uh, more or less gay friendly versus, you know, not so much gay friendly, and and uh, and I, I putting it probably lightly that 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 um, that that you know that's something that we have to work towards and making sure that the people who are running for office do understand the LGBT positions and, 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 and how they can, how they can work with us to, to better services and, and, and the situation within um, the organizations or the communities where they're going to serve. Um, I think, you know, also the idea of having LGBT um, persons elected to office is also going to be important in the future. Um, That's one of the things that uh, is, is, uh, part of the ranking as well on that uh, HRC's right. Municipal Equality Index. And right now we don't have any uh, LGBT um, elected officials in our city government. Um, we do in other places, 
to a certain degree. Um, but there's also the idea of of persons within leadership positions in organizations, on commissions, mm-hmm. and and with within the whole leadership, so that so that there can be a diversity of opinions and perspectives in uh, the government. Sure. Uh, I also wanted to add that I I feel that um, focusing on voter registration drives is part of what will help make a more progressive Vallejo, more progressive Napa. When your politicians are accountable to a larger demographic base, um, then they can't just rely on 2 or 3% of people to come back and keep getting them elected. And um, not only that, but when you speak with just people on everyday issues, you tend to find that most people don't want to be thought of as bigoted or prejudiced, and they're actually very progressive and a whole variety of things, while they may be conservative in just a few niche components. So I really feel, feel like just widening the, the voter base will help us in getting those pride flags up and moving forward from silly things like hmm, just that. Right, yeah. right. Now, at your first meeting, you mentioned uh, that you had someone from the Stonewall Democrats group here in Sonoma County come, right? Yeah, he he. He popped in, and uh, I didn't know he was coming, but he did. And we had a lot. We had a lot of support from um, other Stonewall clubs in the Bay Area. And that was really great. So, do you see yourselves being sort of a modeled after a Stonewall Democrats club, or is this going to be something a little bit different? Well, well, Craig yeah. and I were both at um, the California Democratic. Uh, executive board uh, a few weeks ago and you know Craig was on a dais with uh, uh, the president of the Sonoma Stonewall Club the president of the East Bay uh, Stonewall Club um, and the peninsula and the peninsula and what we saw was there's a lot of similarity um, we are there have been uh, quite a few uh, Stonewall clubs uh, formed within the last uh, year, mm-hmm. and and they've actually doubled the number within the state. I think there's 13 now within the state. There were six before that, you know, before this year, and so they've they're they're adding um, those up. They're, those are adding up, but uh, also what they're. Uh, the person who was at our first uh, group was also the co-chair of the LGBT caucus in the Democratic Party and was telling us that, number one, that the LGBT um, clubs are some of the most um, well-attended, the most um, powerful mm-hmm. and, and, and some of them and powerful in terms of numbers of people right. that get involved in those areas where they serve. And so that's what we're hoping for. Yeah, we've for- got... Go ahead. All intents and purposes, we will be just like a Stonewall Club, even if we don't have it Correct. in our name. We've yeah. got about 30 seconds left. Tell us where people can go to learn more about your organization and get involved. Um, there's two ways right now. We have an email address. It's Bayard Rustin LGBT Political Club at gmail.com. Or we're on Facebook at Bayard Rustin LGBT Political Club. And Fantastic. either way is great. Um, and we're... We're, our next meeting will be January 15th in Napa at the Slack Gallery, and we are going to have probably, it looks like we're going to have a candidate for Secretary of State join us. Great. So it we'll, be- if you missed that website, we'll have it on our own website at outbeatnews.com. Judith, Andy, David, and Craig, thanks so much for coming out and spending your Sunday night with us and sharing this exciting news. Thank you. Thank Craig. you. We'll Glad be back, to be here. And we'll be back with more right after this. That season once again
And I'm caught wondering if you're staring at the same dark sky And wishing on the same bright star as me Fires are glowing, burning strong But won't keep me warm for long I keep glancing under the tree Imagining a gift for you from me I miss the mistletoe I miss the melody Singing carols in such sweet harmony When will snow fall silently So I can hear you whispering to me All things bright Blinking through the windows Reminds me when the It's only saving up to be reborn And all these lights dripping off the rooftops Makes me hope when my train stops It leaves me standing right outside your door Joe Valentine and Amy Hogan with their original carol, Mistletoe and Melodies. Bobby Joe is one of our favorite local musicians. He's such a talent. And you can learn more about his original music on his website at bobbyjoevalentine.com. Well, 2013 has seen some of the greatest gains in LGBT civil rights. And while we still have a long way to go before we achieve full equality, we really do have a lot to celebrate this holiday season, especially around marriage equality. This summer, Supreme Court decisions striking down the Federal Defense of Marriage Act and Proposition 8 here in California were really nothing less than historic. I mean, consider just five years ago, only two states offered full marriage equality, and today they're 18. 
And while the conservative scrooges of our time continue to resist the idea, it's pretty clear the kids get it. Earlier this month, a YouTube video showing how kids of different ages react to same-sex couples proposing and getting married went completely viral and has already seen almost 9 million views. Take a listen to what some of these amazing kids had to say. That was so adorable. All of these videos are just too cute. Well, this is new. That's what I want to see a lot. Gay and lesbian people shouldn't be hiding. Wait, what was that about? What did both of those videos have happen in them? Justin Bieber married a guy? It wasn't then... Justin Bieber. Oh. Two marriage proposals, both with songs. I was like in awe of them. Boy and a boy together and a girl and a girl. There's a guy proposing to a guy. That's just crazy! Then there was a girl proposing to a girl. That's just crazy! How did the videos make you feel? Good. Made me feel good. It was really cool. I was so moved by that. I'm sad. Gay is bad for you. Why do you think that is bad? Because... What do you think people's reactions were when they watched these videos? Um, it depends for certain people. A lot of people were happy. Really good, positive yeah. things. I hope not negative things. Some people must have been like, rock on. Some people were, were like, ew. Some people are so anti-gay. You don't see that every day. It's okay though, boy could like a boy or a girl could like a girl. Most people they would have a reaction like, it's not it's normal now. A lot of people were upset at these marriage proposals because it was a man proposing to a man and a woman proposing to a woman. I don't get why anybody would be mad. That's just wrong. Like, anyone should be able to marry anyone. You should feel happy that they're getting married. People that do not like gay, I mean, they're group. That makes me mad. You can't tell another person who to marry. What if your girl and your boyfriend propo proposes to you? That's not different from a girl proposing to a girl. If you want to marry the same sex, that's okay. And just like Macklemore said. I can't change even if I tried. Even if I wanted to. My love, my love, my love. Do you know what being gay means? No. A boy likes a boy and a girl likes a girl. It means that they like someone of the same gender. Does that mean they're a gate? No, not a gate. Or a golden gay bridge? I just don't know where the name comes from. The word actually comes from the word that means happy. If I would have got a box of microscopes, would I be gay? Well, because you're happy? Yeah. Why is it that some people like the opposite gender while some people like the same gender? Hmm. I don't know. Well, it's the same. My best friend is a boy, not a girl. I just don't know. I want you to this. You're hanging out with a guy for the rest of your life. All you're going to know is guy things. You go to a fancy restaurant, you're just going to be burping the whole time. People that like the same gender as are depicted as abnormal, but they were born that way. Born that way. Just how they were born. I wasn't born that way. Well, but do you think that people are born that way? Some people. Some people say that people choose to be gay, and it's something that can be corrected or fixed. Yeah, it could be possible, actually. Um, but if you really like that person, you should be with that person. That kind of stuff makes me sick. You like what you like. You can't be, like, all bossy to people. Like, you can't do that, you can't do that, you need to do this, no, no, no. And, like, it's okay, like, for, like, and stuff like that, vocabulary, spelling, and everything. But when it's yourself, don't let people tell you what to do. What do you think about gay marriage? I don't care. I'm just new to the concept. First time I ever heard about it, I was like, okay, that's kind of weird, but 
Oh, people should be together if they like each other a lot. If one person should be able to do something, then everybody else should be able to do it. That's awesome. Uh, some of our really good friends are gay and lesbian. It shouldn't have to be any different than regular marriage, even though in our society it is. My friends talk about all the time. They use the word gay as like something else. You don't just say, hey, you're gay. That's, that's dumb. Why would you be that mean to someone? So in the United States, only 14 states are you allowed to get married if you're gay. Only 14. That is just insane. Out of 50. That's outrageous. I need to talk to Mr. President. You know what? I feel bad for the people that live in that state and like the same gender. Mm, it's not right. kind of takes away from the whole freedom thing. Loves the freedom. And they're totally taking that away. It used to be illegal for um, a black person to marry a white person. I don't get why all of this stuff has to be illegal. Slavery wasn't abolished till Abraham Lincoln. Then women weren't even allowed to vote. We progress a lot and there's bumps in the road, but now we're at another bump. I think that you have to find a boy and a girl. I mean, you can get married like that, but gay, you can't get married. But do you know why you don't like it? I, I don't know. Some people want to live in one state. And they want to get married. And they'll just move to the other state. But I'm afraid there's tornadoes. I don't want to go there, but I have to because I want to marry someone I like. And that's not right. Well, in some places in the world, you could even be put in jail if you're gay. Wow. And even worse, in some places, you even could be sentenced to death just because you love the same gender. I'm not going wherever that is. You can't just kill someone for what they like. I'm kind of ashamed that I live in this world. I mean, like, why can't I live on that moon that supposedly has jellyfish on it? Why does it matter so much to other people who you love and who you marry? Because gay is bad for you. I don't know. For crazy, dumb, selfish stuff. I'm not really sure, like, what's in their mind, what they're thinking. Well, I guess people consider it not normal. Maybe their like religion doesn't want that. Nobody really has a reason to hate gays. It's not like there's no completely valid reason. A lot of people who are gay are afraid to admit it and afraid to come out. They're worried about their family rejecting them or losing their friends. Why does something like that happen so often? Because they know people are mean about it and they don't want to be bullied because they're scared of what might happen. Some people, I guess, would think that they're trying to hit on them. That totally changes the perspective. The thought might cross your mind of, oh my god, what if they have a crush on me? It's the same thing if a guy says he has a crush on me, and you say, oh, well, you know, I don't really like you in that way, but I mean, we can still be friends. I mean, you don't just have to completely cast them out of your life. You can't read minds, you can't tell if someone likes you or not, so, yeah, just deal with it. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> so if someone was your friend and they turned out to be gay, would you still be their friend? No. I would still be their friend, but I would just like ask them a few questions. Well, I would have a different look on it, but I don't. I think I would still be friends with them. If it's your friend, it's your friend. I'd love them more for being honest with me. They don't turn different. They just turn out to love a boy. My best friend is gay, and so he came out last year. And I mean, seriously, we've been best friends since third grade. I would keep being your friend. Even if you think it's weird, it doesn't really affect on how they act. If you don't think about it, they sound like a perfectly normal kid. So now let's go over some of the reasons people say they're against gay marriage. Oh, God. Some have said they're against it because they say it is not natural. Because a man and a woman, they can have children. Is that a valid reason to be against gay marriage? No. No. 
Adopt. People are mean to each other sometimes. Maybe that's just their opinion. That's no reason at all. Some people want to have kids, some people don't want to have kids, so it doesn't really affect on it. If it's happening and it's not a chemical, it is natural. Another major reason that it's very controversial is that every major religion has something in their books that could be interpreted as being against people who are gay. What are your thoughts about people who are against it for religious beliefs. I mean, I'm a Christian. I don't think it's wrong. It's like the 21st century. Things have changed. If they said that, like, God told me blah, 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 I'd be like, oh, that's nice. I'm going to leave you now. Religion shouldn't be something that determines who you're friends with. A lot of people have that logic. My religion says so, so I have to do it. When you're saying that someone is gay and that's wrong, you're using your religion against someone else. That would be so wrong. Some states don't let you get married, but they'll give gay couples the same rights as someone who is married. Is that enough? I feel like they should be able to get married if they want to, but it's better than nothing. It's not good because it's like, oh, you're going to have every single right. You just can't get married. That's the one thing they want. I sort of get what they're saying about, oh, what are they complaining about? I mean, they still have the same rights, but I mean, they're still deprived of one thing, which is sort of like a major milestone in somebody's life. You can have your friend that's not gay. He'll be married, but then you'll be with your partner, but you won't be married. It doesn't make sense. Before Martin Luther King showed up, it's like white people were like kings and queens, and then black people were like tiny little servants. They're treating like the people who get married like rich people that own a mansion. And then the other people, people in small cottages. person wants to do something, and they can't, that means something in your life is like impossible. Like if there'd be a wall all around you, and you want to go to that tree, and you can't pass over that wall. Would you want to move out? Yeah. But you can't. It's like you're trapped. And what would you want to say to the people out there that believe gay marriage shouldn't be allowed? Get a hobby. Cry me a river, build me a bridge, and get over it. Just get a whole new idea about it because it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. If only gay people could marry, you'd be, you'd be really sad. So why shouldn't they be able to marry? It's not okay to hate gay people. You can feel that way. Don't bring it into the law. Think of God. Like, he loves everybody and he can't hate anything. You guys are basic and nobody likes you. No, I'm kidding. If they've never been around gay people and they're just doing what the Bible says or what their parents say, you're judging that person without actually meeting them. You need to realize you're just a little speck. No one cares what you think. I wouldn't exactly say, you suck, get out of my life, but I mean, I'd say that in the nicest words possible. And what about people who might be watching that are either in a bad situation and they are openly gay, or they've not come out and are too afraid to come out? Alright. I think this is a quote. Never think about what someone says about you, only think about what you think of yourself. If someone doesn't accept it, accept you, then they're obviously not your friends. I'm totally supporting you guys. You guys are awesome. I'm your friend. <laughs> Air hug. There are people who are, you know, supportive of your sexual orientation. It does get better. You should always let your real self shine through. Maybe eventually... Someday, the whole thing will be over. Next gay couple can be together. Maybe someday, you, people won't have to worry about it, and you might feel like you've done an actual good thing. Do you think that by the time you have grown up, 
that gay marriage will be legal everywhere? Yes. I hope it should be. No, no, no. I'm not sure. People are selfish. I think the world should, like, everywhere, like, all planets, just legalize it. Why is equal rights as a concept for all people something so important? Because human beings are human beings and they should all be treated the same. So it's fair for everyone and people don't get upset or sad. Remember that time where there were bathrooms for black people and bathrooms for white people? This is the same thing. No one has a greater power than you except, you know, the bureaucracy and everything. <laughs> it's so funny how people who, let's say, are you know, racist. And then you say to them, we should be different because my eyes are blue and your eyes are brown. They'll probably be like, oh, what? No, that's absurd. It's the same thing. I mean, unless you guys want to hear me go on and on about this, I suggest they just cut it right now. This is like a really big situation of what people think and what people like are like hating. Even though that's not my problem, I will still fight for it if I can. Pretty awesome. Well, for this month's Outbeat You segment, I had the opportunity to visit our guest at the Napa Valley Cooking School, where he's currently a student studying to be a chef. Jermel Elliott has a great big smile and a truly outgoing personality. I sat down with Jermel and one of his instructors, Chef Maggie, during a break from the kitchen where they were preparing the day's lesson, carrot, gnocchi, and a sorrel sauce. Well, Jermel, welcome to Outbeat Radio. Hi. Good to be here. Great having you. And before we get to uh, your cooking school experience, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you grew up. Um, I originally grew up in Houston, Texas. About maybe 15, 20 years ago, we moved to California. Um, been here ever since. Okay. And what, what brought you to California? Anything in particular? My dad and mom finally decided to be together. Hopefully they don't get mad about me making that statement. But yeah, they finally decided to be together and we moved back down here. <laughs> well, our listeners always love to hear about the coming out stories of our guests. So how did it go for you? Mine's a little weird. Well, not really weird. It's just there was a lot going on in the house that night. And I said, well, you know, my brother had gotten in trouble, my older brother. And I was like, oh, I might as well add fuel to the fire. So I said, hey, mom, dad, can I talk to you for a minute? And I went into their bedroom and I closed the door. And I was just like, okay. To some extent, I still didn't really tell them. My dad was the one that just, like, asked me a question, and he was like, you know, I think I know what he's trying to say. And my mom was like, oh, you know, did you get a girl pregnant? Are you addicted to, like, drugs? Like, she thought just the worst-case scenario. And I was just like, no. And she was like, do you have AIDS? And I'm like, no. And then my dad was like, you don't, you don't like girls. You know, he was like, you're gay. And I was like, yeah. And then it was like hugs, and my mom was, like, a little standoffish about it. Um so it sounded like it went really well for you. How old were you at the time when all this happened? Uh, I think it was like shortly after high school, maybe 19, 20, something like that. And for you, is this something that you always knew about yourself, or did you sort of discover this in high school, or how did that happen? I think I always knew, but in the back of my mind, I felt like that it was kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily wrong, but I felt like my family would be ashamed because my dad's very religious, and then my mom and my grandma kind of is religious as well so it didn't really and then of course half of my family's from the south so <laughs> that doesn't necessarily always go over well so it was kind of a struggle back and forth for a while for me well, good for you and this was six years ago too because you're 25 now right correct wow so that's that's really good i mean being from the south coming from a very religious family sounds like a pretty good sized family and then you said you got hugs and pretty much acceptance right afterwards yeah and then i had a good group of friends and network of like extended family and stuff that was really supportive and helped me through everything so yeah great 
Well, we're going to talk to you a lot about the cooking school experience. You're currently a student at the Napa Valley College Cooking School, and I'm curious about what inspired you to get involved with food. If I had to say, it would probably be my grandmother. Um, started cooking with her really young, baking, pastries, and stuff like that. She used to always take something to church every Sunday when I was in Texas. So it started out with that and just help her do little things in the kitchen. And then it just my passion for food and cooking and stuff just grew. And then I started cooking with my mom and helping her with little things like that. And then now I'm here. <laughs> and, and how did you find the Napa Valley Cooking School? I mean, what land did you hear? Actually, it was from two alum. It was uh, Shauna Portuguese and Chris Portuguese. They both were here, um, and they talked to me about it. They're friends of mine, and they talked to me about it, and she was like, don't even look anywhere else. This is the best school. You know, They were like, go here, go here, and I did check out a couple of other schools, but eventually I settled here because tuition and just it wasn't that far of a distance from where I live. So, And also with us tonight is Chef Maggie Schutz, who's one of the instructors here at the cooking school. Welcome. Thank you. Great to have you here as well. Tell us about Jermel. Jermel was one of our first applicants for the class of 2014, and he's incredibly enthusiastic. He has been since he turned in his application, and we're just very excited to have him here. He's been a great asset to us. Well, I can tell by his big smile that I always see he's having a great time. So tell us a little bit about the program. How long is it, and what's what's involved? It is a 14-month program, nine months of instruction, and a 500-hour externship. Um, there's so much involved, from the garden to the kitchen to staging to just about anything that would probably go on in a professional kitchen you would do here. So tell us what a typical day is like. Walk us through it. Usually in the morning we come in, we do our morning work, which is probably setting up the kitchen, um, if we have any recipes or anything to do that day, we usually set up that stuff. And then we go into a lecture if we're learning something new or we're doing a continuation of something. Then we cook and have lunch and usually go home. <laughs> wow. So how long of a day, when does it usually start and how long does it go? Uh, 8.30 to 3. Okay. So it's not lot, quite like working in a real restaurant where you're there for 12, 14 hours a day, but clearly you're working the whole time, yeah? Absolutely. We're moving from the time we get here till it's time to go home. And then even after I go home, I still feel like I'm moving. So, <laughs> And I'm sure because it's a, uh, it's a college program, there are tests and there's homework. Tell us about what that's like. Tons of tests. Uh, not so much homework, but we do get a lot of tests. For me, it's kind of difficult because I didn't know any of the lingo or any of that stuff coming in. So it's like, it's not, I wouldn't say a struggle, but it's definitely a challenge. A whole new language to learn. Now, the program started in September. It's December now. Tell us about some of the exciting things that you've learned, maybe your favorite things that you've learned, and, and some of the things that you've done. Um, I would have to say basic pastry. That was a lot of fun. Knife skills was a lot of fun because I didn't know how to do any of that beforehand. Um, and now we're moving into restaurants, so restaurant prep and all that stuff. And I'm really excited about restaurant. I can't wait to just have the whole experience and go through that. So for those listeners who are not familiar with the restaurant experience at the Napa Valley Cooking School, let's inspire them to come check it out. Uh, what is that all about? Basically, we do a menu, um, which is usually four to five courses with wine. And you do it all, right? I mean, you're doing it from creating the menu items, you're doing all the cooking, and you're also doing all the serving, right? You're learning the front of the house? Absolutely, yeah. We do it all. 
front of the house, back of the house. <laughs> Great. I can't wait. You mentioned that the language was kind of tough uh, coming into this. What are some of the other challenges or the, the most difficult things you found being in the culinary school? Um, for me, I'm not so much of a, a math head, as they would say, so that was a little difficult for me. I'm still trying to wrap my head around all of it. Uh, but other than that, it hasn't really been that much difficult besides learning the language and the math skills. And what about your colleagues in the class? How many people are in the class, and, and are you out to them? We have a class of 11. Um, I think everybody knows. I mean, I didn't really just come in and be like, hey, you know, this is me, or whatever. I don't know. People just usually know. <laughs> okay. But you did some, an introduction, and things have been going fine, and does everybody get along in your class? Yeah, we all get along. It's like it's like a mini family. We fight and we bicker and we don't agree on things sometimes. But at the end of the day, we all work together and we get the job done. Okay. And and what are you hoping for after graduation? You'll graduate uh, just about a year from now. What are your hopes after graduation? I would like to do something in the realm of like childhood obesity or something to do with young adults try to teach them how to cook, eat healthy and stuff like that because I feel like that's a problem. And I also worked at a school five years prior to this. So just to see the lunch and the quality of it, it's not that great. And it would be good to probably change that in the schools. Wow. That sounds like it's going to be a pretty challenging future. Talk about the requirements for coming to the school. I mean, I'm sure that this story is going to be very interesting to a lot of young people because food is such a popular thing now. Talk about the requirements if someone wants to come to the Napa Valley Cooking School. Well, fortunately, background and previous work experience are, uh, are not required to come to Napa Valley Cooking School. The most important thing is that our students have a great work ethic. So having good references uh, are important. And uh, enthusiasm and a professional demeanor during our interview and uh, on paper as well. So I'd say those are our, our most rigorous requirements, uh, but we do like to see that people have um, either volunteered in food or worked in food. That's a great thing to have in your background, but uh, certainly not a requirement. So this is an exclusive school. I mean, there are a very limited number of seats every year. There's only one class that starts every year, so it gets competitive. Talk about the application process. What are the steps someone goes through, and when should they start thinking about it if, say, they want to start next September? Uh, it is a very competitive program because of the size of class. Every year we just have 20 seats. So the sooner you start thinking about it, the better. We really start fielding a lot of applications in the early spring. But we do have rolling admission. So if you're thinking about it now, please, you know, uh, start doing the research, making the phone calls. We're here to talk to you about that or give you a tour. We're happy to do that. Uh, definitely the sooner the better. Uh, even this winter, it's a great time to start pursuing that if you're interested in the fall. Great. And if you're a young listener listening yourself and you're interested in coming up and you want to find out more about the Napa Valley Cooking School, where do you go? Uh, best place to go is our website, NapaValleyCookingSchool.org. And from there, we're, we're pretty linked in. We're, uh, we have a lot of different social media going on right now. We're on Facebook. Uh, you can find us that way. All of our email addresses and contacts are there. And we're, we're a family. And we start out before the even, year even starts. We're there for you. So if you email, give us a call. We'll get back to you within that day. Great. And if you missed that website, we'll have it on our own website at OutBeatNews.com. Jermel Elliott and Chef Maggie, thanks so much for joining us, and happy holidays to you. Thank you. Same to you.
Happy holidays to you, too. Thank you for having me. And that wraps up this month's edition of Outbeat News in Depth. My thanks to all of our guests tonight for joining us and to our musicians for sharing some of their favorite holiday music. We'll be back on the fourth Sunday of January, and be sure to tune in next Sunday night for a special Outbeat Extra featuring our favorite segments from all of your Outbeat radio shows this year. That's at 8 p.m. and only here on KRCB Radio, the new 91. In the meantime, have a peaceful and joyous holiday season, and thanks for spending your Sunday night with us. We leave you with my favorite carol. Here's the pentatonics with Little Drummer Boy. Support for Outbeat Radio and KRCBFM comes from members and from the new Hansel Subaru, now open in Santa Rosa, featuring the full line of new 2014 Subarus with symmetrical all-wheel drive. Hansel Subaru on Corby Avenue or at HanselSubaru.com. And lamb kept time for bum I played my drum for him I played my best for him KRCB FM Windsor, Santa Rosa, the new 91, with news, new music, and more. You'll find us on the air at 91.1 and 90.9 FM, streaming worldwide at krcb.org. It's just before 9 p.m. Oh, 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 oh.